Welcome to the Naked and Wandering podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Ruddick. This podcast is all about showing up exactly as you are in the world, with nothing to hide, bearing it all, and figuring it out as we go along. I will be sharing with you my successes, trials, triumphs, and tribulations, and everything I'm learning as I journey through life as a successful international yoga teacher, entrepreneur, social media influencer, yoga school owner, and world traveler. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. So today I want to talk about how to be a successful international yoga teacher. I know a lot of you who are listening or you follow my career and you ask me how, how do you do it? And usually I respond, there is no how, there's just do. I didn't know how to do what I did. I didn't have a roadmap or a set of clues that pointed me in the right direction to where I am today. What I did have was a vision for how I wanted my life to be. I knew exactly how I wanted to feel in my life. Uh, I could understand the feeling of success. I had an idea of how much I wanted to travel or where I wanted to be, not exact geographical locations, but I knew I wanted to spend time in the tropics. I knew I wanted to be by the ocean. I knew I needed more time in nature. So I had a very clear vision. Um, But it took me a lot of mistakes, a lot of failure, and a lot of bumps in the road to get to where I am today. So I thought I'd share it with you. Um, Not my story, not my journey, but some things it takes to being an international yoga teacher. Again, I do say there, there's no how, there's just do. I didn't know how to do what I'm doing, and I still don't know how to do what I'm doing. I just kind of go for it, and I screw up, but I don't make the same mistake twice. And when I mess up, I say to myself, like, okay, that was a wrong decision. Let's keep going. Next, try again. I was listening to a podcast actually the other day, and they said, success doesn't come from being successful all the time. Achieving your dreams and success doesn't come from knowing how to do it. It comes from failure. Every time we fail, we learn. Every time we fail, we get stronger. I remember I was listening to Oprah's podcast once and she said, fail, fail harder, fail again. I thought that was so negative and upsetting, but now I fully understand that In order to be successful, we need to learn from our failures and then rise again. Okay, so what does it take to become an international yoga teacher? What do you need? Well, first of all, you need a message. It's not possible to go out there and offer workshops or lead trainings without something to say. Your message might evolve over time. Mine certainly did. However, Before you go out into the world and offer something, you need to know what you're offering. You have to have something on the table to say to yoga studios or festivals like, hey, this is what I want to share. Figuring out what your message is takes a lot of deep soul searching. My question for you is, what do you do that is uniquely you? What is your unique gift that you can share with the world? What is your unique point of view? Ask yourselves these questions. Or maybe ask yourself, what am I really passionate about? 
What is it that turns me on and how can I talk about this and how will it change people's lives? In order to teach internationally and create workshops, you have to be able to say, this is the takeaway. Something that someone told me once was the only thing that people will buy and the only thing that people ascribe to is transformation. So how is your workshop going to transform them? I can tell you that my message these days is all about living your authentic truth, living a life of passion, being who you are, and feeling empowered by your choices. All of my workshops have this underlying theme, whether it's yoga for better sex, whether it's backbends for the non-bendy, it's all about being uniquely you. It's about being authentic and true to who you are, finding your passions, living them, and then going at them unapologetically and feeling super empowered as you do. So if you've ever been to my yoga class, if you've ever taken classes with me online, or if you've done teacher training with me, or maybe we've done a festival or a retreat together, you'll know that the underlying message behind all of my classes is this. Be uniquely, authentically you and let that empower you to live the life of your dreams. What is your message? Think about it. The next thing it takes to become an international yoga teacher is getting comfortable with discomfort. I'll be honest, I'm not always comfortable where I stay. When I first started especially, I was at the mercy of yoga school owners or yoga studios and I said yes to any international opportunity that came my way. And sometimes that meant sleeping on the couches of strangers. Often when I travel and teach, it's not super glamorous. I'm staying at the home of the yoga teacher or the yoga school owner. And for me, I love this because I love getting to know people and I love getting to know different cultures, but there have been times when I've been less than comfortable with my accommodation. Or there have been times when I've been dragged out to a dinner or a tour or something that made me feel uneasy. So something that it takes if you're going to do anything internationally, especially teaching yoga, is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, getting comfortable with discomfort. And that leads me to my next point, which is you're going to need to learn how to be a good guest. <laughs> Again, I stay in people's homes often. And this means that I like to try to learn something about their culture, but I also try to learn how to be sort of unintrusive and kind and as cordial as possible. In some cultures, it's extremely polite to say yes when somebody offers you something. And in other cultures, the opposite is true. Uh, so maybe do a little bit of reading on the culture before you go somewhere and find out what is appropriate. And always make sure to say thank you and always make sure to be grateful. Remember that someone is going on a limb for you. They're opening their arms, their doors, their home to you. And that's something not to take lightly. That's something to be extremely grateful for. And it's really important to show your gratitude and to be a good guest. For me, one of these things also is partaking in food. I know many yoga teachers and many international yoga teachers that are vegan or vegetarian. I personally don't have any dietary restrictions. I eat everything. Of course, when I'm home, I'm quite mindful of the way I eat and... I like to eat particular foods when I'm in my own home, but when I'm a guest in someone else's house and they've spent time and effort and energy and love preparing a meal for me, I don't want to just poo-poo their food and say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't eat that. So if you do have dietary restrictions or if you do have certain requirements for your stay, 
it's really important to let your host know before you go. This way, they're not fraught with surprises. You don't want to be someone that's a burden. You don't want to be someone that um, makes people have to bend over backwards for you. You want to be as easy as possible as a guest. So learn how to be a good guest and smile and say thank you. And again, if you are a vegetarian or vegan or have dietary restrictions or allergies, make sure that your hosts know before you go so that they are not surprised when they present you a beautiful roast chicken dinner and then you say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a vegan. Or someone invites you to their home and they have seven cats and you're extremely allergic to cats. It's really important to tell them before you go instead of walking in and saying, oh, hey, I'm sorry, I can't stay there. Then your host has to scramble to make emergency accommodations for you and it's not going to feel good for them. Remember that their energy and love is pouring out to you as a host, so be gracious as a guest. You're going to need a thick skin if you want to teach yoga internationally. I've had the experience of teaching a workshop in a country where nobody liked it. (laughs) It was tough. Um, I remember I did a workshop and it was like a total failure. Everybody walked out seemingly angry. I never got invited back there again. And I don't know what I did wrong. And after thinking back about it, I actually don't think I did anything wrong. I think that different cultures have different values and maybe I wasn't as sensitive to those values as I could have been. And I also think that not everybody in our lives is going to like us. And that's really important. I've had plenty of people walk out of my workshops. I've had people walk out of my classes in festivals. I've had people complain that they didn't like my classes. And you do have to grow a really, really thick skin and not take it personally. Just because somebody doesn't like your yoga class does not mean you're a bad yoga teacher. Have you ever met someone that you didn't like or that rubbed you the wrong way? Is it in any way a negative indication on who they are as a person? No. Sometimes we vibe with people and sometimes we don't. But it's really important to grow a thick skin, especially at the beginning of your international yoga career, so that you don't take it personally if someone doesn't like you because this can really weigh on your energy and on your psyche and then it's really hard to reach out again or it's really hard to go back and teach again. I remember the first couple of times people walked out of my classes and it really hurt. I felt like a failure. I felt really sad and unfortunately I failed to see you know the dozens of other people that stayed and enjoyed the class the first time or the second time but then after that I stopped taking it personally and I just thought, you know, different strokes for different folks. Everybody likes a different flavor. And if my flavor isn't for someone, that doesn't mean I'm a bad yoga teacher. It doesn't mean I'm less successful. And it's honestly in no way a representation of who I am or the work that I do. It just wasn't a good match. It wasn't a good fit. So make sure you grow a really thick skin and be prepared to feel uneasy about things. The next thing it takes if you want to be an international yoga teacher is a lot of rejection. It's not easy. If you look at people on social media, even myself, for example, if you see my Instagram feed, it's like, now I'm teaching here. Now I'm at this resort. Now I'm teaching here. Now I'm teaching there. But what you don't know is the 10 years it took me to get to the place that I am today. I've been building my career for 10 years. And let me tell you, at the beginning, I had so much rejection. I can't even count. 
I remember when I decided I wanted to be an international yoga teacher, when I realized I wanted to try to teach at festivals and conferences, I reached out to every single yoga festival everywhere in the world that I could find, like hundreds. And I got hundreds of rejections, hundreds. And every time I got rejected, I just thought, well, hey, these people don't know me yet. They will one day, but they don't know me now. And so I can't expect them to just drop everything and open up their festival doors for me. Some festivals responded with applications like, hey, we don't have spaces now for this festival, but you can apply for next year. Or some just said, hey, we are taking applications. Here's the application process. And out of hundreds and hundreds of rejections, there was a festival that said yes. And I took that yes as such a massive success. And then slowly there was another festival that said yes, and another one, and another one. And today, if a festival says no to having me teach, it's totally cool with me because I know there's going to be another one and another one. But at the beginning, there was so much rejection. I can't even count. So get yourself prepared to be rejected over and over and over again and keep going. If this is something you really want, keep going, keep trying, keep running towards your dream. Rejection is is a part of life. It just is, and it sucks, and it hurts. But if this is something you really want, you will not let rejection stand in your way. Something else that is not often spoken about when teaching yoga internationally is the sacrifice it takes to get here. I love my job. I love my life and my lifestyle, and I would not trade it for anything. But I have made a ton of sacrifices to be where I am. One of those sacrifices is relationships. I remember it was a few months ago during a teacher training in Nicaragua. My team and I, we, we do truth circles instead of, instead of staff meetings. We have truth circles where we sit around, ask a pertinent question, and, and excuse me, ask a pertinent question, and everybody gets a chance to speak from their heart, to speak their truth. And I remember my turn came around and I'm the leader of the school. I'm the leader of this community. I'm like the boss, so to speak. And I just broke down into tears and I said something along the lines of, I've been building up this school and this career for so long. And I realized that I have no community. I've done this at the expense of family and friends. It's a lot of sacrifice, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I love who I am, and I love what I do, and I love my life. But I haven't been in a long-term relationship in 12 years. It's a big admission. Like, what does that say about me? Um, it's really hard for me to find a partner. It's really hard for me to date because I'm moving around a lot. Whomever my partner is has to be very patient or very flexible in his location or wait for me to come home. I don't get to see my family very often. This year I'm traveling like eight out of 12 months and I miss those connections to my family and often I'm in a different time zone and so calling is really difficult or the internet's not good enough to make a phone call. I miss my friends. You know, my best friends, I'm so fortunate that my best friends in the world love me and care about me and they'll take me even for five minutes 
whenever I'm in town. And that feels so great. And I am truly, truly blessed to have that kind of support network, but I miss regular friendships. When I was living in Montreal, I remember every night, every Monday night, my girlfriends and I would get together and cook dinner. Um, I would have dinner with one of my parents every Friday night. Uh, I remember I used to have dinner with my dad every Tuesday, like just, I'm always talking about eating. I love food. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So just that's something I really miss is the regularity of relationships, whether it's having dinner or going to my favorite yoga class or just the comfort of a community. Um, I feel like that's one of the huge sacrifices that I've made for this career. Another sacrifice is time to myself. I feel like when I'm on the road, I am completely at the mercy time-wise of whomever my host is. And so I sacrifice self-care sometimes or time with myself in order to be a good guest or in order to pursue my dreams. Routine is another sacrifice that I've made. If you're someone who loves routine, um, pretty much forget about it. My routine that I try to stick with every morning is wake up and meditate. And when I'm traveling with my dog Tonto, my routine is wake up, meditate, walk the dog. And so at least every day, no matter where I am in the world, I can wake up, meditate, and walk the dog. And that makes me feel some semblance of normal. It makes me feel a little bit like I have a regular life, but it's so hard to maintain when I'm on the road. My meditation practice as of late has been a little bit flaky, for lack of a better word. Um, I've not been meditating consistently every day, and I'd really like to get that discipline back. My last trip, Tonto wasn't with me, and so I didn't have my routine, and I, I wasn't meditating consistently every morning. I had a lot of early mornings and the dog wasn't with me. And so I woke up and every day was different. And I do enjoy that novelty for a while, but then it gets old and I feel like I don't have a root or grounding. Um, And so routine is definitely a big sacrifice. If you're someone who loves routine, I don't think teaching yoga internationally really will be for you. And finally, it takes a lot, a lot of hard work. What you see on the internet is a finished product. Instagram is a finished product. I curate those photos, right? I I plan them. I take photos when the light of the day is perfect. I edit them. I plan my outfits. I put on makeup. Even in my stories, I know what I'm going to say before I say it. Or if I'm somewhere beautiful, I share it. It's the highlight reel, the sparkly finished product. Um, And the same goes for my website. And the same goes for my workshops. And the same goes for my teacher training and my manuals and the books I've written. All these things are a finished product. And what you don't see is the zillions of hours behind the scenes that goes into preparing them, curating them, and making these things beautiful and ready to present to the world. So whatever kind of career you choose, whatever kind of job you choose, whatever kind of life that you choose, forget job, forget career, just life, whatever dream life you choose, it doesn't come easily. Nothing worth it ever does. I'll say it again, nothing worth it ever comes easily. You need to work your butt off. Work your ass off for your dreams because then they feel so, so much better when you actually achieve them. Um, So just remember, it, it just takes a lot of hard work to achieve anything that is worthwhile in life. And it's really easy for us to look from behind a phone screen or a computer screen or look on social media or go to a festival and say like, Hey, this person is a perfect life and it came so easily to them and it looks so effortless. But 
we have no idea what went on behind the scenes. We have no idea the battles that took to get to the victory of where we are. When you see someone who is very, very successful, especially someone who you see as an inspiration, again, we have no idea the battles behind the scenes that went into the victory that we see today. So I'll just recap this for you. Um, What does it take to be an international yoga teacher? Well, it takes having a message, being comfortable with discomfort, learning how to be a good guest, growing a thick skin, getting used to a lot of rejection, sacrifice, and a ton of hard work. I love my life. I wouldn't change it for the world. I hope whatever life that you are pursuing, you absolutely love with all of your heart. And I do hope that this episode has helped to debunk a little bit of myth behind teaching international yoga because it looks totally graceful and flawless on the outside. But I can assure you that behind the scenes, everybody is a hot mess sometimes, if not most of the time. We're all just doing the best that we can with the tools we've been given. And there isn't really a roadmap out there for the life of your dreams. You have to go for it. You have to pursue it. You have to work at it. And you have to be prepared to stop at nothing until you get to where you want to go. 